Howdy, hello, and welcome to Fat Love Talk, episode 70. Here today on the podcast, I'm your host, Zachary. You already know how it is. I figured I would put out a podcast because, one, today is my birthday. I turned 28, and uh, I haven't put out a podcast all month, and I really want to get back onto the podcast platform I've been putting up there for myself, and as you already know from me stating it, this is the 70th episode of Fat Love Talk. So I thought to myself, I was like, well, I have a couple of options. I can talk about, you know, the last year and see how long that is. This may be a shorter podcast. And then I can end it off by giving you guys just an update about what's going on in my life. Maybe what I'm watching on Netflix. Maybe, you know, something else entirely. But I figured we would just kind of play by ear as you already know. If you know me or if you've been a fan of this podcast, I tend to ramble. So I figure if I, you know, fall off onto a tangent somewhere along the way and ramble, it might be entertaining. And that's kind of what I'm going for here because there's no structure to this podcast. It's more impromptu than it is anything. But that being said, guys, uh, let's go ahead and just just talk. Um, So I turned 28 today and I can't help but reflect on my life. So... Let's just start at midnight last night, or I guess this morning. I was still awake. I didn't go to bed till about 12.30 in the morning. Um, I was on Snapchat, and I posted a few things about, you know, 28 and how this next year is going to be my best one. And, you know, it's kind of cliche because every year is supposed to be your best one or better than your last or whatnot. And, the fact of the matter is there are just some years of your life that are just pretty forgettable. There are moments in your life that are fantastic and wonderful and worth remembering for, you know, the rest of your life. But then there are just those, those kind of placeholder years where you're just kind of surviving, getting by, growing, etc. Um, whatever it may be, you know, and, and 27 for me was a big year for growth. Um, Definitely better than 26, so I can say 27 was successfully a year where I identified certain things wrong in my life and actually tried to apply a change. Um, I was talking on my Snapchat uh, previously. I talked to about three or four different people who has responded to my story. Um, I wanted to talk about toxic you know, relationships specifically in your family. And how toxic family members and toxic traits, how if they bring you down, if you're allowed to kind of just walk away from that. Um, Or if family is forever, family is blood, family is everything. And if, if you're supposed to just live in that toxicity, even though it's doing you no benefit, no good, no, no merit. (laughs) for lack of better terms. Um, One of the things that was hard for me to do um, this last year was recognize that, yeah, I've joked about, yeah, I need to see a therapist. Yeah, I I can talk it out. And yeah, I can really clear my my mental health up a little bit if I do that. But then there's just the cost. And I know my job has... 
you know, some resources. And I am fortunate and blessed enough to where they can cover the first few sessions. But if that's something that I want to do, it has to be long term and it has to be something I can afford at the same time. And I got past the idea of, well, mostly past. I still don't think I'm fully past it because I don't want to be fully past it, honestly. But I got mostly somewhat, I guess, past the notion that I don't want to be labeled. I don't want to be a statistic. I don't want to be just another person who isn't as perfect on the inside as I show myself on the outside. Um, I'll be honest. Um, I always tell myself, and I've really only said this in confidence to um, my girlfriend. Um, Jennifer's been the most amazing and supportive person on this planet, and I'm thankful for her, and I'm blessed to have her in my life. And I pray every single night in my bed when I'm looking up at the darkness above me in this in the room as I'm laying there saying my prayers at night. I thank God for her every single night, and I say I hope she's sleeping well. I hope she's doing well. I love her, and I want her to, you know, always be there because she's just an amazing person, not just to me. But from what I've seen to literally everybody she interacts with, she just wants others to be successful. And I'm just, it's so hard for me to wrap my head around that with the environment I grew up in, which brings me back, you know, to what I was saying. I always tell myself, and I've only told her this, it's just, I didn't have it as bad as some other people, so I don't want to ever make it sound like I'm just having a pity party table for one. Woe is me. Woe is my life. I grew up in this environment. This happened to me. I always feel like it's worse for somebody else. So I have no right to complain. No right to say that I'm imperfect because I didn't have it as bad as somebody else. And one of the things I've come to realize and come to learn is that I've had my own personal experiences that have shaped who I am and given me some of the uh, less than desirable um, side effects, you know, whether that be the way I, you know, shake my leg when I'm, you know, anxious or the way that I try to be a people pleaser all the time or the way that I, I fight for other people's affections in ways that I just shouldn't because it shouldn't be that important to me, but it is. And I've never wanted to talk about it because I grew up, you know, being told family is everything. Family is the most important thing in the world. You protect your family. You take care of your family. It doesn't matter what they've done for you or what they did to you. They're still your family. And it's, I mean, it's basically second to go into heaven that you have to take care of your family. You know, like you're not allowed to, I don't know, mis mistreat, I guess, or uh, it's, just, it's just this whole mind thing. You know, I don't even know how to word it. You know, it's like, it's a sin almost to not take care of my family if I have the means and I've been 
trying really hard to work in my mind a lot of things lately. And I grew up, you know, around my mom mostly. So I've always been a mama's boy. I've always loved my mom more than anything in the world. She's been my favorite person in the whole wide world um, for my whole whole life up until my adult years. And this last year, I've just come, kind of stopped pushing aside some of the the mental um, thoughts, you know, some of the things that come up. And I've started to kind of look through my memories instead of repressing them. And like, I, I still to this day, I swear I'll have to get hypnotized or something by a, by a therapist to even unlock them because they are, there's, I cannot remember. I'm not even joking. I cannot remember before eighth grade. I just don't remember anything. I have bits and pieces and memories. And if I drive by something, I can recall that that looks familiar or that I remember that from something in my past, but I literally do not remember anything before eighth grade. And I, I don't, I don't know what, what happened in my life that made me do that. But I, as I've gotten older, especially in this last year specifically, which is what I'm talking about, reflecting on my past year, I've come to the thought process. My dad was a truck driver and when he was home, he was a huge Bible thumper and talked about God all the time. So, so fire and brimstone, but he also screamed at me a lot and yelled at me a lot and belittled me even more so. And anybody who opposed him, oh, he did not like that. He did not like that at all. It was a bad idea to even try opposing him. Um, and when he passed away, I was finally starting to get a good relationship with him. I was finally starting to have what I thought was maybe a healthy relationship because I still had that mindset that family is everything. Family is the most important thing. You have to, you know, take care of your family if you have the means. Um, God will look at you poorly if you don't. And when he passed away, I just really didn't have a lot of good memories to remember him by, but I honored him by always posting on his birthday that he was a good person and that I miss him and that I loved him. And I just don't know if that's true anymore because he was really mean and I just I have a hard time kinda dealing with that um but Jennifer's been very very supportive and she wants me to be happy and one of the things that I promised her was that I will work through my mental stuff because I want to make this work because every relationship I've been in I have found some way to either 
even if they broke up with me, I found some way to make it my fault to sabotage it in some way. Or I just had so many issues that it wouldn't work. It just wouldn't work. You know, they say you need to work on yourself and love yourself before you can ever be happy with somebody else. And I was always like, yeah, but for some people that works because you have people who, you know, they have sex on the first date and they're together for 30 years, 40 years, 50 years. You know, you have people who do that same thing and they can't even make it, you know, past a month because they rushed into things. Everybody is different. Everybody operates differently. And then that's that's a bad example. It's not just sex. It's like it could be a whole bunch of other things. Like maybe maybe you didn't you you wouldn't have sex and that caused a problem. You know, maybe it's the exact opposite. Or maybe it's the fact that your language is is different than what they want or expect or need. You know, or your love languages don't match up. You know, you're all about cuddling and, and physical touch and they're all about, you know, just words of affection or actions. Um, one of the things that took me by kind of t- you know hit me in the side was Jennifer likes, you know, physical, like, show me that you love me, you know? So, like, even if it's something as small as, hey, I'll I'll unload and load the dishwasher, that's something she didn't have to do, but by me doing that for her, that's one way of showing her that I love her versus me just being, like, very, very physical. Like, I, I just want to be next to you. I just want to be in the room with you. That's gonna be enough for me um or like i like to buy gifts because i always think that affection is tied to what can you do for me and that's wrong and i'm working on that and and jennifer is very 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 kind because she she knows i'm trying to grow as a person she knows i'm trying to um, become a better person and she's made me a better man every single day that I'm with her, I've become a better person in general and a better man. And it's because the same positive reinforcement she got as a child, she's giving me in this relationship and it's just healthy and open and I can talk to her about anything and I do not feel judgment and I can cry in front of her and I don't feel like less of a man because I'm being vulnerable and she wants that and I'm kind of all over the place here. I'm going back and forth between my childhood and my relationship right now. And, and I don't mean to, to do that, but it's just those are the two biggest things from this past year I can reflect on is the fact that I've come to terms with the fact that um, my dad wasn't the nicest person, even though he liked to say that he was a Christian and he loved God. And, and I like to believe that he's in heaven right now. Um, boy, I just, I've been asking myself, my mom was still there. She still let him scream at me. She still let him belittle me. And she still let him do all those things. And then when she did interject, she was so quick to let him win because of how hot he got when he got opposed and don't don't ever ever oppose my dad because that was a mistake to challenge him every single time 
Um, so I've been coming to terms with the fact that my mom was there and as an adult I shouldn't blame her because if anything she was as much a victim as I was but it still is it still hurts you know to realize that as an adult I don't have that perfect picture of my mom anymore I don't have that um that mama's boy feeling anymore you know like things are different and my relationship with my sister has just gone south as well because we just don't have anything in common and the way that she's living her life right now isn't something that I want to be a part of because it's not healthy for me it's not conducive for any kind of growth for either one of us and I just want her to be happy but I think she needs to figure herself out and I don't need to be a part of that process so I am withdrawing I feel bad for even thinking this, yet alone saying it out loud on my podcast. Oh my God. I mean, I doubt they'll listen to this. I got four views on my, or four listens rather, on my last podcast in the last month. And uh, I'm pretty sure none of them came from anybody related to me. Um, but aside from this podcast being pretty dark already, um, I do want to transition a little bit because um, there are good things that have come out. So the best thing that came out of it, of course, we know COVID happened and I was home a lot of the time. Well, unlucky for me, and again, we're going to get to the positive here. Just bear with me. Unlucky for me, back before I was dating Jennifer and we were still friends, um, back in like April or May, I was home a lot and which is fine cause I'm usually home that much, but for whatever reason, the fact that I couldn't go see movies, the fact that I couldn't go get lunch, the fact that I couldn't do anything anymore, I got depressed again and not just like, well, I'm sad. I got into moods where I just physically couldn't move because nothing felt like it was worth doing. And I got into these bouts of just sadness. I don't want to say depression because I don't, I don't know if that's what that was, but I was like, like really sad to the point where I was almost, I guess, paralyzed. I just didn't want to do anything. And I think that that's normal for the situation. But it was just weird for me because it never left. I thought that when things would open back up and when, you know, especially after I started dating Jennifer, I would, I would then, you know, be happier all the time. And don't get me wrong, I still 
have incredible highs. But the lows are just horrible. And like the best day of my life. Here, let's go to something positive. The best day of my life happened um, when I went on a double date with Jennifer um, with our friends, Jessica and Josh. Um, absolutely splendid people. Like I couldn't, I couldn't ask for, for better, better people to meet and get to know and experience life with. We've done so much together now and maybe not on double dates per se, if that's even what you want to call them, just us getting together and doing stuff. Um, <laughs> my roommate doesn't like me saying double dates because it just because the four of us are together doesn't mean it's a double date every time. Um, which I mean, he has a point, I guess, to an extent, but I like to think of it as like, it's fun adventures where friends who also happen to be couples are having fun together. So that can kind of go any way you, you spin it, you know, double date, hanging out, whatever. I like to think of it as a double date because it's fun. And I think that they're awesome people. Anyway, my point being, we got, we went to the, the Gordon Ramsay steakhouse, um, and it was the best day of my life. Not because of the food or because of the, the anything else. It was mostly because of the company, the memories. There's the fact that I had a smile on my face when I woke up. And I had a smile on my face when I closed my eyes at night. I absolutely love everything about that day. And it's going to be very, 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 very hard to top that. But you know what? I think it's possible. Because the plans that I have with Jennifer, the plans that I have with, with all my friends, the plans that I have coming up in the next year are just amazing. I haven't planned anything past 2021 per se, like there's stuff that's, you know, floating around up above, but nothing is concrete yet for 2022. Uh, I just have, um, my first ever float trip is coming up in August. My first ever time going to Nebraska is coming up in a few weeks. Um, Jennifer gets to finally meet my oldest brother and the one I'm closest to. He's my absolute best, best friend. I know that you're not supposed to say, you know, you're friends with your family, but like my oldest brother is 100% my best friend. I love him probably, I don't know. I love him a lot. Like he's, he's an amazing person and he's been there for me and I can talk to him in confidence. And uh, he's really the only person who kind of talked to me when I was compartmentalizing how I was feeling about my mom, how I was feeling about my sister, how I was feeling about my dad, how I was feeling about, you know, a lot of stuff. He, he kind of helped me in a way because I got a lot of stuff upstairs that just needs to be sorted through in my mind. And I know that I need to talk to a professional about it, but I've been saving my money. And I know I have a friend and this kind of rubs me the wrong way. But she told me that if I really prioritized or really cared about my mental health, I would have already seen a therapist. 
and that and I know that she means well I do but it rubs me the wrong way because she's seeing a therapist so of course she's gonna sing the praises of therapy because she sees the results of therapy firsthand but I haven't gotten to a point yet where I can comfortably say I can afford it comfortably say I had the time and the schedule and I'm trying to sort through things one at a time I went into my my 27th year with a handful of debt um fun story here side sidetrack um I thought and I may have said this in a previous podcast so I won't go too in too in detail but I, I said in a previous podcast that um I thought it would be so smart to spread out my credit and get like four or five credit cards, put some money on all of them, pay it off, and I would just skyrocket my credit score. Guess what? It worked. It worked. I'm literally sitting at like a 750 credit score or something ridiculous, 740 I think. It's incredible. I'm, I can get approved for pretty much anything I want. You know, I can walk up to to any credit credit card get approved. I could probably I got approved for a loan for my mom, which I'm still paying off. Um, but that's a whole different story, and I will not get into that. <sighs> uh, but that's going to show how much of a, a good son I try to be. Anyway, I um, got approved for a loan, an ex- an expensive loan too. Jesus, um, I'm going to pay that off in February. Thank God, put it behind me. And I could probably get approved for a for like a, a mortgage or a house or a loan for a house or whatever the, the the phrasing is or goes. I just don't want to do that, obviously, because you know Jennifer has a house. So why would I want to get my own house? That would be weird. That would be really weird, um, especially when it gets to a point where like we're we gonna you know move in together. Like what's gonna happen there? No, I need to just move in with her and make everything easier, streamline it. You know. <laughs> Of my house on the weekends and your house during the week. <laughs> no, that's a terrible idea. Anyway, uh, I digress. Um, I thought it would be a smart idea to get like five credit cards and and build my credit up. Well, I, in theory, that's a great idea, and in in practice, it worked. However, um, also in practice, you owe back the money plus interest what you get unless you have like a so many months no financing. Um, grace period, like a promo or whatever, to pay that off. So I am still paying stuff off. Now, remember, guys, I also, also, last year did my sleep apnea study. Yeah, that happened. And surprise, surprise, I get hit with thousands of dollars, and I do mean plural, thousands of dollars being requested after insurance that these these built these places want and i'm just like my god how do you expect me to pay this stuff back so that's what i've been working on and guess what guys i'm 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 not so much in the home stretch as much as i am i'm on like second base right home stretch would be between third base and home plate right i'm on second base right now all right i can I can maybe run to the third, steal a base. There's no reason to try that, though. Just follow the course. Follow the course. Keep working overtime. Follow the course. Make a budget. 
and eventually I'll pay it off. Look, okay, I will probably get to third base by the end of the year. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus, okay? Praise Jesus. I'll pay off my debt definitely next year at the latest. I do think I could probably pay it off before the end of the year. Probably. Um, and I do have a promotional balance that will expire before the end of the year, so that's priority. Um, so I'm hoping I can get that taken care of ASAP Rocky, right? But also, once I get that paid off, before I just dive into more debt and go see a therapist or dive into more debt and go all willy-nilly on whatever the heck it is I impulse buy, I need to save up some money because I have things that I'm trying to do with Jennifer, things I'm trying to do with friends, places I want to go. I don't want to live my life paycheck to paycheck, week by week, not getting to do anything adventurous, not getting to do anything exciting, just living my life within the confines of my small existence. So, that being said, I got some plans. And, and I'm hoping that those plans line up and work out, and so far they have. And I'm, I'm excited about what's to come in the following months. Um, most of all, being my one-year anniversary with Jennifer, I'm very proud of myself for making it this far. One, because I can be pretty annoying if she's stuck around. Thank you, babe. I love you. <laughs> and two, because I, um, other than always finding a way to screw it up, I always um, tend to get too scared of commitment when it gets too real and this time as i've grown and matured and become a better person um i've come to realize that i'm not scared anymore so much of commitment as much as i am scared of not being enough and we have five six years of friendship that show me that i've always been enough and to me, that is everything, right? Like, that's amazing to me. I'm blessed. I'm thankful. I'm rambling for a half hour at this point. So thank you guys for sticking around if you have. Um, but I digress. Uh, I've, I've got a lot of stuff going on in my head. And I know I'm not perfect. But guess what? Nobody is. And even if I go see a therapist, even if I pay off all my debt, even if I make myself financially successful in my mind, or I have a comfortable existence financially at some point, and I'm not living paycheck to paycheck, I don't need to work overtime, then when that day comes, if and when it does, great. But I've lived my whole life knowing never to get high expectations for something, especially something as lofty or as much of a dream as that, because it's all it really is. It feels like fantasy, you know, to think that I'll be in that kind of place, you know, where I can wake up and be like, I'm good. I'm healthy. I'm wealthy. I'm wise. You know, I've never, I've never been those things. Healthy I mean, that depends on your definition of healthy. Physically healthy, absolutely not. Um, I'm overweight, obese in some senses. Um, 
uh, I just found out my girlfriend bought me some new outfits, some new khakis. Um, I wanted some shorts. And my friend Josh, who I, I mentioned with you, went to Gordon Ramsay's Steakhouse with me and was recently this last weekend at my party and for my birthday. And, and he's a really, really great guy. Um, he recommended this place called DXL, which was an, it's specifically designed for big and tall dudes, which me and him are both big and tall dudes. So I was like, heck yeah. Um, he gave me a coupon for like July where I could save some money and it was dope. And I went there and Jennifer bought me a couple of pairs of shorts and a couple shirts. And it was very, very, very nice of her. And I really am thankful and appreciative for that. Um, but it made me realize that my waist size is larger than I thought it was. I've been wearing basketball shorts working from home. I've been wearing um, the kind of jeans that have the elastic so they stretch. <laughs> so I've never had to think too hard about my size around my waist. But these khakis, however, they got to fit right. And I ain't about to buy a pair of 42s just because my pride tells me I should be able to fit in them. No. Um, so I ended up getting a much larger pair. And I'm a really... I, I was on... I'm going to be honest. I was upset. I was upset. And... I thought to myself, man, this is kind of a blow because um, I didn't think it was that big. Um, I had been going to the gym. I had been working out. I had been trying to lose weight. Um, I lost inches on my waist. So just imagine how much, how big was my waist before I lost those inches because I'm gaining muscle. So my weight's about the same, but my body's shaped differently now because I've lost some inches, most likely because I've gained some muscle. Um, you asked me to do a squat you know, three months ago, don't go take that to somebody else. I ain't about to do squats for you. Now, if you tell me to do a squat, yeah, sure, I'll do a squat. And it might hurt a little bit, but it'll hurt a lot less than it did three months ago uh, because I can actually hold it. There's this machine with this, like, rope that you can hold on to with handles, and I'll hold on to that and do squats, right? So I'll do, like, 12, I'll do four sets of 12, and I'll do, like, a 30 to 60 second break in between. Um, and I can do four sets of 12 and it's not a big deal. In fact, I can crush that and it makes me feel pretty darn good. There's an incline treadmill that I first got on and I was, I was literally sweating, dying, roasted. I was done after like a minute. I was like, please, I need to stop. This is miserable. Now I can do 10 minutes on that incline treadmill because my endurance is better. Do I want to? God, no. I'm sweating, a, I'm sweating like a pig. That's nasty. I feel disgusting. But I can do it. And I actually wasn't even supposed to be doing 10 minutes. My trainer wanted me to do 7 minutes. And then after about a month, we pushed it up to 8 minutes. I was the one who did 10 minutes. I did 9 minutes twice. And then the following week... Um, no, it was in two weeks. I, I did it twice. And then on the following week, I did 10 minutes on my own. Wasn't part of a training session. I went on my own because my girlfriend goes to a group fight class um, in the morning. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to work out while she's doing that. Why not? Okay, what else am I going to be doing? Sitting on my butt doing nothing. That's what. So I went there, crushed a workout for an hour, 
did 10 minutes on the treadmill, did four sets of 12 on that rope squats. I did some crunches. You know that thing with the little medicine ball thing and the trampoline where you squat, you like on your back and you do like a sit up, toss the medicine ball, catch it, put it behind your head. Man, that thing is wild. And there's another one where you have a different type of, it's like a 10 pound ball, but it's like, it's not a medicine ball. It's bigger and it's got softer outside. Anyway, you squat, you stand up and you toss it in the air at the, the board or whatever, and you catch it squat again you do that like you do like i did four sets of 12 of both of those and it was nuts actually i take that back the laying on my back one with the sit-ups i did four sets of 10 but i did four sets i think my least favorite activity involves stairs um there's this activity that he that my trainer makes me do where i have to um hold a weight like 10 pound or 15 pound weights on both sides um and i walk up and down the stairs at, at my gym and there's like 22 steps um going up so i'm doing like 40 steps per visit and he wants me to do it four times up and down is one so i'm doing like 120 steps with this weight and it's literally the worst thing I've ever had to do in my life. I hate stairs. But you know what? Keeps bringing up the fact that I went to this restaurant with Jennifer called like the Red Door or something like that. And they had this Cajun mac and cheese. He, he likes to bring up this Cajun mac and cheese. And every time I tell him I will work as hard as I have to if I never have to give up the Cajun mac and cheese. <laughs> it's it's a stupid thing it's we joke about it but like honestly i love food so much i never want to give it up but it doesn't mean i won't work my ass off at the gym to make up for it okay maybe i'm not working hard enough maybe that's why i'm not seeing as great of a result as i want but i know for a fact that i am putting in the work and I am not eating crap anymore every day. So hopefully at some point I do see progress. But again, that was a whole side thing. Um, but it is something I wanted to bring up because I am very thankful for Jennifer's influence. You know, And this is going to get a little bit dark again. I've had that kind of theme this whole podcast, but trust me, it's, it's, you've already heard a lot of the good. It's definitely going to get better. Um, but I, I literally, before I was dating Jennifer, I was talking to her like, yeah, I want to go to the gym. Yeah. I want to do this. Yeah. I want to do that. And we were playing racquetball already, like twice a week, Monday and Wednesday or something like that. I don't, the days aren't exact, but um, we were playing twice a week, right? And that was something I enjoyed. But when we started dating, I, I started thinking about things a little more seriously and I became less lazy. And I thought to myself, you know what? I no longer have myself to worry about. I mean, if I go on dates and I see women judge me based on my size or I'm not enough for them because of this reason or that, you know, whatever. Kinda, but also I don't do anything about it other than have a pity party table for one. My dad always told me that, oh wait, no, never mind. My mom always told me the only one who goes to a pity party is you and the devil. 
um, which is a weird thing to say. Um, but anyway, um, I didn't want to have a pity party, so I just decided to just accept my fate. And I kept paying my Genesis membership, and I just didn't go. I played racquetball, so I got my money's worth out of it by playing racquetball twice a week. Where else are you going to play racquetball? So it kind of made sense. I had to play racquetball somewhere. Obviously, that's where it was going to be. But then, I decided I didn't have just me to think about anymore because, you know, I started dating Jennifer in September of last year and I wanted to better myself for her more than anything. As I've been doing it, I'm doing it more for myself now also because I've got more self-confidence and I've got more self-worth. But before I was just like, well, I don't want to be a fat SOB. I don't want her to dump me because I'm just lazy and fat and not motivated and less intelligent. And I have all these fears that creep into my mind, which sabotage me more times than they do anything else. Um, because I am always, always going to criticize myself. I'm always, always going to overthink everything. And when I say always, I do mean that in a literal sense, because that's how my brain worked. Now I recognize that I can break that cycle, which is why as soon as I start seeing a professional, I'm hopefully going to find ways to break that. Stop talking to myself. Stop telling myself I'm worthless. Stop telling myself I'm terrible. I say a lot of really mean, nasty, mean stuff to myself. I, t I break myself down worse than anybody could break me down. You know, I could meet a stranger and he could roast me, right? Because he's mad at me or he hates me or he's angry or whatever the reason may be. And I could promise you nothing he says is going to be worse than what I tell myself already when I wake up and I look in the mirror or I'm getting ready to take a shower and I look at myself in the, the mirror and I just see what I am. Trust me, nobody's going to break you down worse than yourself. Because you know what gets to you more than anybody else. You know yourself. You know the little nooks and crannies of each and every button to press. And Jennifer told me I need to stop. And she's right. I should stop. I need to stop doing that to myself. It's not healthy. It's not conducive of anything healthy at all. It's very negative. And I acknowledge that. So I've been practicing trying not to say those things to myself anymore. And it's I've said it a lot less, but I haven't stopped. Um, but that's part of what I'm, I'm talking about in this podcast is I'm growing and I'm evolving and I'm thankful for so much in my life. And I wish I could pull up my Snapchat, but I'm recording this podcast from my phone, so I can't pull up my Snapchat. But... Um, I said something along the lines of this, this past year, I have felt more like life is worth living than I ever have in my whole life because I've, I've spent so many years thinking that life is not worth this rat race. Life is not worth all this work. Life is not worth everything that people are putting into it when it's so terrible 
but that's just my minuscule view of everything, right? Like in my world, if you wear my shoes and you look at things from my perspective, with my childhood, with, with my experiences, of course, things are going to seem bleak. Of course, things are going to seem pretty minuscule and not worth it. And, and you're going to look at yourself in the mirror and think a lot of terrible things or even worse. What I do is say them out loud to myself and respond to myself saying those things and argue with myself. I don't, I don't know why I do those things. Well, I take that back. I do know why I do those things. I'm embarrassed to share all that stuff on a podcast, though. Um, I've already bared too much of my soul in this episode. But I told you guys, I didn't know where this podcast was going to go. Anyway, I've made this podcast about 45 minutes. And I don't like everything that I've said. I don't really want to share this episode. But I'm going to post it anyway. Um, I want to end it on this though. Okay. I want to end it on this and I'm not sure how long this will take, but I want to say something. I am a much better person turning 28 than I was turning 27. And that is largely in part to Jennifer's influence. She wants me to win. She wants me to be successful for myself, not for us, not for her, for me. She wants me to be successful. And when you, when you know somebody in your life who could give a care less about everybody else's opinions of you because they want to see you win. You no longer feel like the dark horse or the underdog. You feel like the guy leading the pack. Like it was always you all along because it was. And so I've worked overtime. I've paid off debt. I've planned vacation. I've used vacation. I've made memories. I had the best day of my whole goddamn life. With Jennifer and my friends, Jessica and Josh, I had the best day of my life. And the following year is going to be even better. Because I'm going to pay off all my debt. I know I can do it. It's, it's definitely going to happen. I'm going to save up my money. It's definitely going to happen. I know it can happen. I'm going to pay off my, my loan for my mom in February. That's the last bit of debt I have other than my car payment. And I'm going to plan to live my life. I'm going to see a therapist. I'm going to better my mental health. I'm going to better my financial situation. I'm going to work harder than I do, than I ever did. I always gave myself an excuse that work is not worth it because nobody cares about you. So why should you care about them? I gave like 40 to 60% depending on the day to my job. They don't deserve 100%. What do I get out of it? They get more out of it than me. It's no point. I've changed that mindset. It's not about what anybody gets out of it. 
It's that you want to, ex- you will never excel or grow unless you show that you care. And some people don't do that and they still excel. And I don't get that because it's total BS. But the point of the matter is I'm, I'm, I've been applying myself a lot more at work. A lot more. And guess what? Now I'm in a new department. It's not so much a promotion as much as they needed me to move. <laughs> but you know what? I'm not going to look at it that way. I'm looking at it as a blessing in disguise. I'm looking at it as I'm where I'm meant to be. And I'm going to work hard. I'm going to get trained for this new department in my job. I'm going to try to excel at it. And if I excel at it, I will not get mad or angry or upset if they want to give me more work. The more capable I am, the more work I do, the better my review will be at the end of the year, at the mid-year review, when I talk to my manager, and the better my raise will be, the better my bonus will be, the better my quality of life will be, especially when I get to a place where I'm mentally in a good place, and I'm not only having healthy, happy relationships with others, but I'm, ex- but I'm expressing myself in a healthy manner. I'm coping with things in a healthy manner, and I'm not holding things in or having unhealthy interactions anymore. One of the things, oh boy, this is embarrassing. One of the things I used to do in a relationship, it didn't have to be a romantic relationship, it could be a friendship relationship, it could be anything platonic. If I had a relationship that I knew was going south no matter what, I wanted things to end on my terms. So I would burn the bridge. I would do something so outlandish, so wild, that it would anger the other person to a point where they were done with me. If I knew it was going to end... It was going to end on my terms, and I was burning that bridge to a black crisp. No chance for recovery. Goodbye. Zachary does not exist in their world anymore because they are done with me after what I do. That's the stupidest, most toxic thing you could ever do to a relationship. But I thought that I had to do that to protect myself. It wasn't until... I was in my first apartment some years back um, with my buddy Nathan and my buddy Josh. I love those guys. We still talk to this day. Um, Where I realized that that does nobody any good. I have a girl that I'm friends with. Um, She's married to some other guy um, at this point. Um, She was Mormon. That's why that didn't work. But we went on one date. And we hung out a couple of other times. Um, I think once before that date and once after that date, um, where we hung out and we still text on a, on a very sparing occasion. Um, we're very friendly. Um, I would have just burned that bridge before, but afterwards I was like, I accept that we're different. I accept that this won't work. I was very respectful, very polite, very kind. And we stayed friends because I didn't blow up and do something stupid or say something mean. And I'm proud of that relationship. In fact, I want to have that relationship for the rest of my life just to prove to myself that I've grown. Just to prove to myself I'm not 
the person I used to be. That I can maintain a healthy relationship, platonically or otherwise. Because I've grown. Jennifer thinks it's a little bit weird that I, I talk to... I'm still friends with a few of my exes. Um, it's a case-by-case -case basis for me. But depending on how it ends or how it goes or what the situation is, um, I don't find them harmful. Now, there's a whole other podcast I could do that my friend Christian did that Steve Harvey was talking about where you shouldn't be friends with girls you find attractive or etc. And there is some truth behind that. I will say that. Um, but that's a whole different podcast. Um, I won't divulge into. The point I'm trying to make is I've grown exponentially. I can maintain a relationship with somebody and I can keep a secret and I can, you know, hold something in confidence and I can share something in confidence and I can, I can trust people better than I used to. See, spoiler alert, I'm busted. I'm busted beyond repair, it seems, half the time. You know, there are days where I think Jennifer loves me more than I love myself because I just don't think I'm worth it half the time and she reminds me that I am and that doesn't mean we haven't had our, our, our fights our disagreements she hasn't wanted me to do something you know something I should have expected to have not had to have been told you know I'm very much like a child I have to be told and that annoys her more than anything um, there's a very recent example I could use that I'm not going to share but I'm, 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 I'm understanding her better the more I'm getting to date her. And I'm understanding that there are certain responsibilities. I shouldn't have to be told to do certain things. I should just be, I should just do them. Like not really expected to, but I just do them, right? Like I sh it should be common sense, right? Or I should at least offer to see if those things need to be done. And, and I'm going to do better at that. Which, which brings me to the end of the podcast. Growth is going to happen. It will always happen. Now, growth can mean one of two things. Growth can mean progress towards your goals, your dreams, your ambitions. Or growth can mean growth towards your fears, your, 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 whatever you're scared of, your anxiousness, your bitterness can evolve. So growth can be a branching tree. And I don't, you ask why I call that growth when it's not, it's the exact opposite. Because you can grow in your negativity very easily. You can grow in all kinds of bad habits and bad uh, circumstances can give you habits or, oh, I can't think of the word. Characteristics isn't really the right word, but they, they can, it can inhabit and, and feed on that and you could just always ask yourself why things are a certain way for you. But until you find the root cause, the root problem, that's, that's going to be it, right? But that doesn't have to be how it is. I apologize. I got cut off because my podcast got too long. <laughs> so I'm going to wrap it up. Um, one last thing I want to say is that very minuscule, but it's big to me. I got facial hair. 
and I have to thank COVID for that. All right. I hated working from home at first. I love it now. I, I never want to go back into the office, but we have to in September. But uh, <laughs> I I grew a beard because I thought to myself, I had this, this weird looking neck beard thing going for me. Um, and COVID happened and I thought to myself, who's going to see me? I'm working from home anyway. So I let it grow out. And when I let it grow out, it was ugly, disgusting. And I apologize to everybody, especially Jennifer, who had to see me with that weird thing on my neck. <laughs> but it eventually moved north. And because it eventually moved north, I was able to shave the neck portion of it and it didn't look terrible. Like, my roommate still thinks I look pretty bad. I should probably, you know, shave it off until I get a full beard. I get it. It's it's a matter of personal preference or taste or whatever. But I've wanted a beard since I was a child. And the fates have not aligned to that to happen yet. My oldest brother told me he didn't get his beard till he was like 28, 29. So I was like, God dang, that's so long. I don't want to wait that long. Life can't happen for me that late. <laughs> but guess what happened? Life happened for me that late. So here we are. Um, but it's nice enough to clean up and keep maintained. And I do what I can. And it looks kind of scraggly and still a little off half the time because I didn't grow a beard until late in life. And there's no how-to on trimming or maintaining that stuff. So... I'm kind of figuring out as I go and kind of freehanding it most of the time when I when I trim it. So take it or leave it because there's some guys who clean up real good and I need to know their secret because I definitely am not doing that and I don't know how they're doing it. Probably difference in the fact they have better genes so their hair grows fuller and thicker and they don't have to worry so much about that whereas my hair is kind of still kind of coming in and I'm figuring it out. But I'm very proud of what I have, and I wear it. And you can see it on my Snapchat if you follow me, at Fat Love. You can follow me on Twitter. You know, same handle, I believe. Um, it might be Fat Love 145 though. Um, I might have to double-check that. But point being, guys, I want you to check out my Instagram, Fat Love, on there. My second Instagram is Fat Love Fit. I will be posting on that again. I haven't posted on my blog there in a while because I have not had anything to share. Um, I don't want to just spit out the monotony of the same thing over and over again. That's not going to benefit the reader. That's not going to benefit me. It's just a waste of all around time. But I want to keep sharing my journey in fitness, in health, um, because it's not a weight loss blog. It's not a weight loss Instagram page. It's a fitness Instagram and a fitness blog. It's about well-being and healthiness, all right? Healthy and well-being and fit can mean several things to several different people of every body type, okay? It doesn't mean I'm going to be thin or ripped or any of those, you know, textbook definitions. I'm not going to pump iron and look like Zac Efron one day, all right? That's not going to happen. I'm not, I'm talking like Zac Efron after High School Musical, like Zac Efron in literally any other movie where he has abs and he's sexy, right? I'm talking, I'm going to look probably like me for the rest of my life 
but if I lose a little bit of weight, if I can get down one or two pant sizes, if I can drop down to a permanent 2X instead of maybe a 2X, maybe a 3X, it depends on the way the shoulders are working, if it's a sleeveless shirt, if it has sleeves, how the sleeves feel or fit. There's a whole lot of factors involved in, in shirts. I usually wear a 3X only because the length isn't long enough unless I get a 3X and it goes from being too short with a 2X to being too long with a 3X. There's literally no middle ground. There's no winning. But again, I digress. Um, we're going to see a lot of progress, a lot of growth, and I hope that you stay with me on the journey. Um, I'm going to do another podcast coming up soon about where I want to take my blog in the following year. Um, I'm going to probably wait until December to do that blog post because um, it'll be at the end of the year at that point. But I am thinking about going in a new direction. Um, I haven't been posting because I haven't known what to really talk about. I could give my opinion on a lot of video games. I can give my opinion on a lot of different topics. But some of them are controversial. Some of them are not. And it, it just... Once your, your, your platform has something on it, it's there forever. You can't remove it, right? So I want to uh, make sure that what I share... And that was the thing. I almost did a podcast on, on toxicity in your family and my personal experience with that. Um, but one, if my mom or sister ever listen to that, they're going to probably hate me for what I have to say about it uh, because it paints them in a bad light. Um, especially, you know, my dad, you know, rest in peace... I've already, in this podcast, painted him in a bad light, but it's it's hard for me to kind of do that, you know? I don't want people to not like my family. I don't want people to not like me. I, I'm, I've, I've had to tell Jennifer more than once, I'm so glad I'm not like my family, and I'm trying so hard not to be my family. Because I feel like there has to be a disclaimer on me. You know, like you buy something at the store, whether it be a new electronic or, or a new new anything, and there's that disclaimer, right, on the on the packaging, on like the back of the box or the back of, of the, the item you're getting. It's like disclaimer, blah, blah, blah. I feel like it has to be a disclaimer. I am not my family. Please don't hold that against me. I don't know. Again, one of the many things I'm gonna gonna work on in the future is getting my mental mental situation in check. Um, but I digress, guys. It's been a good time, um, kind of talking, and I hope that you guys have enjoyed your day, your week, your month, and your year so far. We're halfway through 2021. We're almost to the second roll around um, to the big uh, 2022. Um, so we'll see what happens there. I'll have more podcasts to come in the future. And uh, guys, if you want to reach out to me, you know how to do it. Um, Snapchat, you can send me a voice message on Anchor. You can um, reach out to me via Instagram on any either of my two pages. Um, and I, I look forward to hearing from you. If you have any questions for me to answer on the pod, let me know. I'll make sure to include it. But other than that, guys, I really, really, really appreciate how my year has gone. I'm so thankful for so much. And I'm in love, which feels amazing. Um, and I'm planning the rest of my life. I've just never thought I'd ever gonna be in a place like that. So everything is good for me, guys. I'm really happy. I'm really blessed. 
and I will see you guys again soon. Take care, guys. I love you.